This is Locked On Cougars, the daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Friday edition of the show. A lot to get to like normal. Threw it out on social media yesterday. What are some of your New Year's resolutions for BYU football? We'll touch on those as well as getting you ready for BYU and Loyola Marymount in basketball as BYU begins West Coast Conference play tomorrow evening. A lot to get to on today's podcast like normal. Locked On Cougars is proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Can't thank them enough for their continued support of our daily venture here as we cover the BYU Cougars. Let's get to it. This is Locked on Cougars for January 3rd, 2020. What's up, guys? This is Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for joining us on a January 3rd edition of Locked On Cougars. This podcast is available everywhere podcasts are to be found, whether you listen on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play. Regardless of wherever you catch your podcasts, you can find this podcast, and we thank you in advance for your continued support of this venture. It's a blast to be with you guys in the new year. Let's start off. I threw it out on social media yesterday, and you can follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter in particular, at Locked On Cougars. I threw it out on social media. What are some of the New Year's resolutions you have for the BYU athletics department football basketball whatever you got essentially said nothing was off base with this so let's run down some of the responses we got with regards to this let's start off with a com- with a comment from Clegg Winifred Patrick on Facebook I threw this out on the I live and die with BYU football page there on Facebook he says increase cougar tail consumption by 150 percent all right Clegg I don't know how many cougar tails you eat in an average year I can usually only stomach about one of them because they're just so big and butterscotch goes a long way for me after one cougar tail. But if you're going to increase that by 150%, I wish you nothing but the best going forward. Mike Flores throughout Beat Utah. Okay, Mike, I understand your sentiment. I completely understand why BYU fans are frustrated. They've lost nine straight games in football to the University of Utah. Of course, they lost in basketball this year in their annual matchup on the hardwoods. Here's the thing, Mike. Until BYU proves they can beat the University of Utah, I'm done predicting the BYU is going to win that game. I know that probably makes some people think, why are you doing a BYU podcast then, Jink? Why are you not eternally optimistic? I've seen so many close games here, and BYU comes so close to snapping that streak in the past decade, and they just haven't been able to do it. Until they do it, and I feel like this next year might be their best opportunity in quite some time to do so. Until they do it, I'm not picking BYU. So I understand the sentiment, Mike, but it's just not for me. Then David Huckville weighed in on Facebook as well. He said, a new athletic director. And David's a dear friend of mine. I understand his sentiment. He thinks that Tom Homo needs to step aside and BYU needs to get somebody in there to run the athletic department. Well, I think that the time is coming in the not-too-distant future where Tom Homo will decide to retire and move on. Who BYU replaces him with at that point? Well, I have my own personal opinions on all of that, but I'm not going to speculate on that until we officially hear some word of when Tom Homo ultimately is going to step down. But I don't think it's too far off before Tom Homo decides, you know what, I've done my part, I've kind of set my legacy here at BYU, and now it's time to move aside and let somebody 
somebody else take over. Who knows if and when that'll happen in the near term, but I think that before too long, and I would guess this is before the middle part of this decade, before 2025 is up, you'll have a new athletic director in place in Provo. That's just a matter of just kind of looking at the facts. Tom Homo is getting up there in age. He's been at BYU for quite some time now. He's coming up on, he's in his second decade as an athletic director. He's had an incredible, incredible run as BYU's AD and his legacy is intact. I think it's very much, his legacy is very much intact. He helped lead BYU into football independence, set up some of the most uh, prolific uh, schedules, the, some of the best schedules in BYU football history. Granted, the sched- the actual playing of those schedules have not yielded the results I think BYU football fans would have liked, but it's been something that uh, I think BYU fans can sit back and say, you know what, Tom Holman did a lot of good. He put the BYU athletic department, most of their Olympic sports went into the West Coast conference, which has been a very good fit for most of those, and none more so in his legacy is that the Olympic sports have just have had incredible success under his tenure. Most recently, the men's cross-country team breaking through and winning their first national championship as a program. So I understand the angst and some of the things regarding football, and that projects onto a guy like Tom Homo being a guy who's a football lifer, having played for BYU, played for the San Francisco 49ers, and the like, but I feel like at this point, it's kind of foolhardy uh, to really look and say, you know what, this is when it's going to go down. This is when Tom is going to step aside. But I do think it's sooner rather than later with regards to when Tom Homo decides to call it a day at BYU. A couple other comments for you guys. Uh, Elvis on Twitter, at EasyRamirez86, don't lose games they're expected to win. I think that's an easy thing to buy into right there, Elvis. I'm completely with you. BYU had that game against Hawaii 1, then they went went ahead and screwed the pooch by deciding to throw a pass behind the line of scrimmage on 3rd and 2 when you have a running back who's averaging just a shade under 10 yards per carry. No, I'm not bitter about that at all. Come on. Also, the loss to Toledo, frustrating. Loss at USF, absolutely frustrating. So yes, Kalani Sitake, the hallmark of his tenure has been right. The hallmark of his tenure right now has been the inconsistency of his team. They seem to get up for some of these bigger games. Think of Tennessee. Think of USC this past season. But when it's a lesser opponent, BYU seems to struggle. At Toledo, at USF, uh, San Diego State. Okay, San Diego State's probably a better team than most think. But in the Hawaii game, you had that game one, and you. You outcoached yourself. You overlooked uh, how you could have gone about winning that game and decided to go ahead and hurt yourself. So I completely get that sentiment, Elvis, and I appreciate you weighing in on Twitter. One other one, Dustin underscore Ivers on Twitter says, just beat Utah for crying out loud with the crying laughing emoji and then just the crying emoji. And I completely get it, Dustin, but similar to the comment from Mike Flores on Twitter, Like I said, I just cannot pick BYU to beat Utah until we ultimately see it happen. Call me uh, whatever you will. It's just not in the cards for me to pick against the Utes at this point because Utah seems to have BYU's number, and I'm not sure ultimately when it's going to turn. I think this year on the schedule, in terms of what we're looking at on paper, looking at it nine months out, there should be an opportunity for BYU to win that game because Utah's very much going to be rebuilding that with their roster. A lot of seniors, a lot of NFL talent leaving the U this year, but I'm just, 
I don't know. I, I've been burned too many times picking BYU to win that game that I won't do it until they prove they can do it, and that's probably a bad thing to say, but that's just kind of my philosophy on the matter at this point. All right, uh, so yeah, there you go. Thanks for all your comments, guys. It's great to be interacting with you on social media. We're going to do more of this in this new year. It's one of the resolutions I've had for this podcast is get you guys more involved. If you want to weigh in with your voice, I'm happy to put your voice actually on this podcast. You can send us a voice memo. You have a voice memo on most of your smartphones. All you do is record that voice memo and then email it to us, lockedonbyu at gmail.com with whatever your thoughts are. Let us know. Be happy to get them on air. I can insert them into the file and play them as if they were live. It's absolutely a fantastic thing we can do with digital media these days. So check that out, guys. And make sure to follow us once again on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at LockedOnCougars. My personal Twitter feed, you can reach out anytime as well, is at Jacob C. Hatch. And if you want to weigh in with questions, concerns, or comments, you can simply just email us as, as well, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. All right, guys, BYU basketball is back in action tomorrow night at the Marriott Center. They kick off West Coast Conference play tomorrow night when they host the Loyola Marymount Lions at the Marriott Center at 7 o'clock Mountain Time. Game will be televised on BYU TV, and I'm excited for this conference season, honestly. Most of the conference kicked off their conference slate last night. Loyola Marymount took down San Diego 64-58 to in their showdown, but LMU, they're not what they were a year ago. I remember last year when the first net ratings came out, <laughs> all of a sudden Loyola Marymount was a top 10 team according to net rating. Well, the year has changed and so has LMU's fortunes. They fell down the net ratings pretty quickly last year, but right now LMU, their net rating sits in the mid 200s. They believe 223 last I saw, I believe in the is what they're ranked in the net rating and that's not great. Uh, to, oh, sorry, 233, excuse me, last I checked. So 233 in the net rating. This is a game BYU absolutely has to win. Loyola, Mar- Loyola Marymount comes into this game 7-8 and eight on the season. They're now 1-0 and in conference after taking down San Diego. BYU was one of two teams who didn't kick off West Coast Conference play last night along with Santa Clara, but they will get their opportunity against LMU tomorrow night. And I think there's a big opportunity staring BYU in the face right now. They're sitting 11-4 on the season. They have quality wins over Houston as well as UCLA, which, by the way, UCLA last night beat beat Washington in Seattle to open up Pac-12 play. That's a, It's looking like a better and better win for BYU. So the Cougars have got plenty of uh, quality wins on their resume. They also will have that caveat of Yoli Childs having missed the first nine games of the season that the NCAA tournament committee will look at. BYU, all you have to focus on at this point is games like against Loyola, Marymount, and the like, Portland, etc., just go take care of business. Win the game. That's all that matters. You cannot have a loss. A loss to an LMU tomorrow night to open up West Coast Conference play would just be a catastrophic loss because that just takes all a bunch of the goodwill you had built up in the non-conference and tosses it right out the window. I, I look at Loyola Marymount. This is a team that's got some talent on it. Eli Scott is their leading scorer, averaging 16.1 points per game, also averages 6.5 rebounds and 5 assists. So he does a lot for LMU. He's their lead player. There's only one other player on the roster, Ivan 
Alapiev, Alapiev, I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name correctly, so I apologize for that. He's averaging a shade under 12 points per game at 11.7 points per game, along with 4.3 rebounds. So LMU, there's nothing on this roster that screams, okay, BYU needs to be very careful, but there is talent that obviously that can come in and, and burn you. Jordan Bell was their leading scorer last night in the win over San Diego. He's averaging 5.4 points per game, but he had a breakout performance last night with 13 points in that win. So it will be interesting to see what happens when LMU faces off against the Cougars. I think that LMU shouldn't be much of a contest for BYU, but this is conference play. These teams are familiar with one another after year after year over year facing each other. BYU has a little bit of an added element with Mark Pope being in his first year at BYU as the head coach. So we'll see how that uh, maybe affects things. But like I said, there's only one thing BYU needs to focus on tomorrow night as the kickoff West Coast Conference play, and that is just handle your business against teams like the caliber of Loyola Marymount. When it comes to a St. Mary's here next week, Gonzaga in a couple weeks out, yes, that's a different type of impact because Gonzaga is a top-level opponent. They're a top-level team in the country overall. Uh, St. Mary's also very talented. The nice part is, is right now it looks like BYU, St. Mary's, and Gonzaga are on track to make the to make the NCAA tournament. As long as all three of them kind of split their season series relatively evenly, I still think Gonzaga is probably the favorite to win the the whole thing once again. I think you can expect three, two at minimum, three potentially from the West Coast Conference going to the NCAA tournament, and that would be a fantastic thing. BYU, uh, St. Mary's, and Gonzaga obviously are the kind of the top dogs in the West Coast Conference. Their net ratings reflect that. Gonzaga sitting at six. Last I saw, St. Mary's 32, BYU 34, and then it falls off. Santa Clara is the closest. In terms of uh, the other top three, closest to the top three in net rating, the only other one inside the top 100 in net rating at 88 currently. San Francisco just outside the top 100 at 104, and then it really falls off a cliff. Pacific 147, Pepperdine 173, San Diego 205. We mentioned Loyola Marymount at 233, and then Portland at 248. So, Against the lower half of the West Coast Conference, BYU cannot afford losses in this conference season because any of those losses will negatively affect you in a big way when it comes to NCAA tournament time, the selection process. When it comes to the bigger opponents, yes, I understand you're going to be a little more up for a Gonzaga, for St. Mary's and the like, but you have to be locked in every game. The nice part about BYU, I feel like, is with this senior core that they have, guys like Jake Toulson, Yoli Childs, TJ Hawes, uh, Dalton Nixon, BYU's been very steady this year in approaching games in the same manner. I think that's a hallmark of a senior-laden squad. I also think it's a credit to Mark Pope and his staff making sure their players understand the magnitude of what they're trying to pursue here. So it's a big opportunity for BYU as they begin West Coast Conference play, but you need to start it off on the right foot and make sure you take care of business as you take on Loyola Marymount in a showdown tomorrow night at 7 o'clock Mountain Time. If you haven't got your tickets, go to BYUtickets.com. should be relatively easy to get, and it should be a fun environment. I love West Coast Conference action, especially when it comes to conference play. just seems to have a little more juice in the building, even if it is an overmatched opponent like Loyola Marymount 
Dion appears to be against the Cougars, you still just kind of get that, okay, this is for all the marbles. This is an opportunity to not to win in conference and really kind of establish ourselves. And we'll see what happens. BYU comes into this game on a five-game win streak. They've won six, sorry, seven of their last eight. You want to extend that even further, eight of their last ten. So they're on a good run here, speaking of the Cougars. Don't screw it up against the Lillard Marymount. The nice part is, is the matchup predictor for ESPN, their BPI, Basketball Power Index, has BYU winning this game 95.1% of the time. So take care of business. 7 o'clock Mountain Time tomorrow night, BYU TV. Get out to the game or watch it online. You also can listen to it on the BYU Sports Network as well. All right, we'll run down the other BYU sports in action this coming weekend as well as some of the other news and notes when it comes to BYU sports here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, just wanted to make a request of you guys that are listening to the, this podcast. Whether you're new, you've been a long-term long-term listener with us, if you haven't given us a rating and review on the different podcatchers that you might be listening on, Apple Podcasts, etc., please consider doing so. It really does help get the word out about the podcast, and it's really important that we have those ratings and reviews come in because it helps the podcatchers support us, give us that, uh, that bump that they seem to see in their algorithms when fans are interacting with the podcast. I thank you guys in advance. It doesn't take but a moment, I feel like, to do it. I know that I talk about this all the time, but it really is one of the lifebloods of this podcast and what we're trying to build here with Locked On Cougars. So thanks in advance for giving us that rating and review. It really does help get the word out about Locked On Cougars and our daily efforts here to cover the BYU sports programs. All right, guys, running on everything else going on in BYU sports today today that we need to catch you up on. Let's start off on the hardwoods last night. BYU women's basketball battled but ultimately succumbed in a 55-43 loss to number 17 Gonzaga at the Marriott Center. Tough loss for BYU after having held a good run against Gonzaga last year. They'll try and rebound. Uh, BYU back in action tomorrow as they host Portland at the Marriott Center. It'll be a day-night doubleheader for both the men's and women's basketball program at the Marriott Center. You can catch the women's team in action at 2 o'clock Mountain Time there at the Marriott Center. You can get tickets at BYUcougars.com or at BYUtickets.com. You can follow that up by watching LMU and BYU men's basketball at 7 o'clock. Other teams in action tonight, BYU men's volleyball, number three in the country, opens up their season on the road in Chicago, Illinois against Loyola Chicago. That'll be at 6 o'clock Mountain Time. There'll be a live stream on ESPN3. You can get a link to that on the BYU Cougars website. Should be a fun matchup there. They'll follow that up tomorrow with a game against number 6 Lewis in Romeoville, Illinois at Neil Carey Arena. There will be a live stream link uh, from Lewis as well. You can find that at BYUcougars.com So big opportunities against nationally ranked opponents for BYU men's volleyball to kick off their season. Hopefully they come back home with two wins. And then looking ahead to early next week BYU women's gymnastics opens up their season as they host Nebraska at the Marriott Center. It will be televised on BYU TV. That'll be Monday evening at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time. So full weekend full of BYU sports heading into early next week as well. We'll have it all covered for you here as we always do on Locked on Cougars. Some other news and notes for you guys. Let's start off on the basketball front. Roland Minson, a member of BYU's first national championship squad that won the NIT in the 1960s, has passed away at the age of 90 at his home in Afton, Wyoming. Uh, 
kind of crazy. We're seeing all these legends passing away recently. Just a couple of days ago, of course, Liddell Anderson in that news. Uh, so, Minson, excuse me, it wasn't the 1960s. It was 1951 when BYU won the NIT. I don't know why I was thinking in the 60s. He was the most valuable player of the 1951 National Invitational Tournament, the first of two NIT titles for the BYU Cougars in a 15-year span. As a six-foot, 180-pound guard, he finished with 1,407 career points. He was BYU's all-time leading scorer for 22 seasons until the great Kreshmer Chosic passed him in 1973. He's currently number 22 on the all-time scoring list, showing how many guys have passed him over the years. But Roland Minson, a legend, was frequently around BYU sports. He also had a single-season record of 619 points he scored that stood for 27 seasons until Danny Ainge broke that in 1978. So, nicknamed the Cat, Roland Minson, he was a three-time first-team All-Skyline Conference guard. He was drafted in the 1951 NBA draft by the New York Knicks, but instead of playing in the NBA, he opted to serve as an officer in the Navy during the Korean War. So we we say our condolences, our prayer, thoughts and prayers are with the family of the Minson family with the loss of their patriarch, but a BYU legend nonetheless. And rest in peace, Roland Minson. We will miss you. All right, one final note before we go today. BYU football, of course, have had some good news with all the guys deciding to come back and play for BYU. Speaking of Matt Bushman as well as Kyrus Tonga in recent days, this is something I missed until I saw it pointed out by Jay Drew in a column on the Deseret News or an article on the Deseret News in the Deseret News, I guess I should say, not on Deseret News, on DeseretNews.com and also in the Deseret News. Let's get the syntax and the, the right pronunciation out here, but uh, announcement from uh, Marty Hodge that Tristan Hodge is nearing 100% health and will return to BYU for his senior season. Hodge had been considered a guy who could consider transferring as a graduate transfer having graduated with his undergrad degree earlier this year actually last year now in 2019 but he has decided to return to BYU for his senior season. I think it's a fantastic development for the Cougars. He is a student in the Master of Public Administration program at BYU and I didn't know this. I knew there was a lower body injury for Tristan Hodge, but Jay Drew saying there was a torn patellar tendon which knocked Hodge out for the remainder of the season after playing in the first five games. Finally, was lost after the Toledo game. Patellar tendons can be a bugger to come back from, but according to Marty Hodge in Jay Drew's article on the Deseret News, or in the Deseret News, he is nearing 100% and should be cleared to return to BYU in time for spring and ready to go helping out BYU's offensive line. As I tweeted out yesterday, when BYU lost Tristan Hodge to injury, it really did affect the Cougars, and I think his return along BYU's offensive line only helps to bolster what I think is already a pretty talented squad overall. I talked about it yesterday, guys. I'm really bullish on BYU's opportunities in 2020, despite what looks like just an absolute bear trap of a schedule. There's 11 games that BYU could be toss-ups or could be outright picked to lose, but I think the Cougars are finally going to have the benefit of having an upperclassman-laden squad for the first time in 2020, and I think that should benefit the Cougars as they look forward to this next season. I'm excited to see what's going to happen. We've got nine months to go. BYU and Utah kick things off on September 5th, 
2020. Well, let's see, that's nine months and two days from today, January 3rd. So we got a lot to cover in the next nine months, but we'll make sure we'll have it covered for you each and every day. Thanks again for joining us. It's a blast to be with you guys each and every day. Enjoy all the BYU sports this weekend. Get out and support the Cougars, whether it's men's and women's basketball at the Marriott Center, tuning in to watch men's volleyball this evening or tomorrow evening. There's a lot to cover when it comes to BYU sports and a lot to support. And I thank you guys once again for your support of this podcast. We will talk to you guys soon. This has been Locked on Cougars for January 3rd, 2020.